Hello and welcome to Super Rugby Round 5 Review, brought to you by Driving Mall. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, a website, podcast, Twitter account and YouTube channel, bringing you the best in rugby predictions and opinion. Don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcasting app so we drop into your phone every week or just about every night at the moment during Super Rugby season. And also please leave us with a five-star review. Other stars are available, but why would you want to do that? If you'd like to watch what happens behind the covers, the show is live on YouTube at 8pm New Zealand time every Monday. And if you are watching on YouTube, click down below, click subscribe so that you get notified of all of the shows that I do. Joining me this week, I have Jess on her first review show. How are you doing, Jess? Good, thank you. I just want to be clear really quickly that this is an all-black jersey, not a blues one. Uh, oh dear me and this is a proper blues jersey vintage bnz there we go blues all the way um and yes they did lose but never mind um we'll get over that at some point um in in our lives because hey uh always happens so jess was actually at uh in hamilton at the fmg stadium is fmg i think so anyway whatever yeah. um at uh, the waikato stadium anyway uh, and so we will have uh, have a insight as to the atmosphere and all that kind of stuff and then Joining me all the way from Southeast Asia, it's Herman. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, sir. And I have to show, I don't wear a rugby jersey. I have like a Brazilian polo jersey, official for a Brazilian national team in polo. So, <laughs> is, that, is that good enough? <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I've got a question for you. Have, you. have you tried elephant polo? I haven't. I haven't. So elephant polo it? is big in Southeast Asia. Um, I did try and uh, play elephant polo when I used to live in, in, in Asia, but yeah, it just was prohibitively expensive. But yes, um, definitely give that a go. Uh, it looks an absolute blast, and I would love to. That's what, what, one of my what, something on my bucket list is to um, is to do that. Is to watch. Is, is to play um, elephant polo. So, as we do normally, we'll start with the tangent. It's always good. Uh, so back to the rugby. And Jess, why don't you take us through it? You were there at um, the Chiefs versus the Bulls. Forty-one uh, twenty-eight makes it look rather comfortable but uh, it was anything but. Yeah, I mean, I was right down the end. I didn't realise I got tickets right on the try line the try line that was not um, active for both halves of the game, so that was unfortunate. Um, from where I was sitting, the Bulls looked really aggressive, really fast, and we weren't committing to our tackles at all, is what I felt. I think we're scared to be injured. <laughs> That was the impression I got, is we're really scared and we still got injuries in the game. But in the first half, we were just not onto it. Now, and the Bulls uh, were 21-7 up from memory in that first half. They really did look dangerous, uh, both going wide. Uh, and I think well, I think most of, most of us do from memory. Most of the tries came out wide eventually. But this really was uh, a, an all-singing, all-dancing Bulls performance. We had two, two, two lines of attack. Um, much sort of more sort of New Zealand-esque rather than your standard South African uh, um, forward, um, forwards bashing it up. Uh, and Herman, you can really see the, the impact of Mitchell uh, on this side already. Yeah, and it was almost confusing watching that first half because it clearly looked like the Bulls were the New Zealand team. I mean, their offloading game was superb in the first half. And they had really, really, really the Chiefs under the pump. And I would say, weren't they, Chiefs were maybe a little bit lucky with the referee there for a while in the first half too, because he was very hesitant to, to give him any yellow cards. And I think the penalty count was, was it 8-0 for a while before we got the first warning? Um, I missed that, but I must say, looking at the stats, um, 
the we had 13 offloads for the Chiefs, but only four for the Bulls. So whilst it was um, we had those two lines of attack, we had lots of good passing, uh, using plenty of width. Um, it wasn't so much out the tackle; it was before it was it was sort of draw the defender and then pass it, rather than actually necessarily the the, the New Zealand esque of actually take contact, free the hands uh, and get the ball away. I, equally as effective in that first half, but um, but a different style. Um, Sorry. No, that's okay. The second half, though, I think that the Chiefs this year are really thriving under this, like, getting themselves into as much trouble as possible and coming back from it. I actually really like to see it. They, I feel like they're a team that if they get too far behind, they give up. And they have to be really careful with that. But if they get some momentum and they always seem to come back after halftime and they have like this new, I don't know what goes on in the changing rooms, but they've got this new life to them. And then if they can get enough momentum, they can turn the game around just like they did. They do it all the time. I actually refer to them as a second half team. I Yeah, but they they really seem to give up if they feel they're getting too far behind. And well, that's, we, we didn't see that today. Um, or, 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 or Friday, sorry, today. It's Monday. We're already like four days ago. Um, they, so we didn't see that then. Um, but uh, we do, we saw them come back and they did very well to hold the Bulls scoreless in that second half. Uh, they had their opportunities, uh, the Bulls, but um, it seemed that uh, at the breakdown in particular, the, the, the Chiefs managed to get those critical turnovers at the right time. Um, and turnovers, uh, it were 12 turnovers by the, by the Chiefs and 16 by the Bulls. Neither of the attack coaches will be happy with those stats. The... <laughs> Do you want to talk about the um, hit on Damien McKenzie and whether you think that was a yellow or a red or? Um, <laughs> good point. Yep. Now we should bring up the yes, the controversial. Uh, 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 to me, Damien McKenzie was going down. Um, and but he has every right to duck if he feels like he's about to be hit. I don't. Well, it, if you are. Um, falling into a tackle and you get hit 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 on the head that generally is considered a mitigating circumstance uh, to it it was a swinging arm he did catch him on the head but for me Damian McKenzie was falling and so therefore yellow rather than red yeah that's um but but still yeah I think yellow it seems to be every week now though it's a little bit of a reoccurring theme for him do you think other teams are sort of targeting him or Sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm, uh, uh, of course, everyone's, everyone, you have to target him. You have to keep, you have to be aware of him. Now, you don't have to, I, like, I, 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 I was say, um, <laughs> but if he's going to be, if he's going to be falling into the, if he's going to be falling into tackles all the time, then yes, he's going to get hit head high. I think high it's because, as simple as he's just not as big as the other guys. So it does seem like he's falling, but he just doesn't have the stature that they have. No, I think he was, he was falling. Um, the, um, uh, Brent actually pulls up a good, a good point in the, in the chat. Bulls have gone scoreless in the second half in two consecutive games now. So there we go. Um, they're so maybe they're the team that actually give up. Maybe I was I yeah. misspoke. Maybe the other ones that give up. Um, again, I, 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 I think that they. Well, I say there were. There were I've only seen the highlights of this one. I've not seen the whole game, but there were two clear, two very strong breaks by by the uh, uh, by the Bulls. Both of them that could have been tries, but they fluffed it uh, and got turned over. So I don't think really that, um, yeah, I, I think the, 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 the Chiefs stepped it up. Um, and if you just look at, I mean, look at the tackle stats, uh, the, the Chiefs were, uh, were making a Did you see they released a list of who got injured in this week's game again? And there's about four of them. 
I've not seen that. I have seen one that I've seen a comment from the Chiefs saying, please respect the players' privacy around their injuries. I believe that's because one player, they're not saying what injury he has that's taken him out. They said they wanted to like respect his privacy. So I think it's, it might be something that's not related to physical injury. So I think that was what that was in reference to. I don't want to say what player it was, but yeah. Oh, you know, eh? <laughs> I just, I just saw, I just noticed a few weeks ago. They said, you know, they were listing the injuries and what was wrong with the players, and then for one player, they said, we don't want to say what's wrong, but he will be out indefinitely. So I think maybe they were just talking about that. Yeah, I think the problem with that though is, uh, and I understand that there are times when players will want will will, will want privacy, but we've got to be careful about that. Is uh, is that having seen what happened to, oh. Patrick Tupolosu, I think, at the beginning yeah. of last season, where he failed a uh, his, his his A sample failed a drugs test. We were coming into Super Rugby four months later, five months later, four months later. They still hadn't done the, the B sample. They still hadn't gone through the process. And you're like, okay, if you're not talking about what's happening, is is this drugs related? Uh, is the yeah. what is it related to? And it makes people start speculating. I think on the whole, um, if they can. They should be open and honest about it. A, a lot of um, injuries or uh, that, that, that were uh, taboos uh, in the old days aren't as much of a taboo nowadays. So, for example, if it is depression, um, so I know one of the uh, player for Cardiff, um, Cardiff Blues uh, in Europe has taken uh, is taking a season out for um, due to depression, has had to um, for that side of side of things, and has had a lot of support from the rugby community. Um, so, yeah, it does you. It does lead to insinuation uh, and people guessing. Uh, but I guess they do have a right. Do they not have a right to privacy? They don't want to, you know, be public yeah, about what I is mean, wrong. They have it's a not... right, but, but I'm not sure it's always the way. I mean, can take a good chief example here was what happened to Broder Italic last season. Yeah. And yeah, this is okay. like a massive tragedy, but many will keep quieter, but he went out of it. And I, I'm, yeah. my guess is he got nothing but support from this because yeah. everyone knew what happened to him. And speaking yeah. about Broder Italic, wow, what a second half! Yeah, he, had. he was I mean, amazing. He, he looked like he won that game by himself almost. You mean? Yeah. I would probably say if he wouldn't have played that second half, you would probably not have won that game. Yeah. That's how good he was. His I mean, try was incredible. Well, he I had mean, two, two but tries. one <laughs> where he like was <laughs> just like no one was getting in his way, just running it straight to that. Yeah, line. You, can, you can almost see like the almost 50 meters out to a try line like i'm gonna go for it doesn't matter if three <laughs> defenders here <laughs> um andre goes and says i think it's uh, i think it's um fatigue never heard of an unfit john mitchell team i think it's a learning curve and will take time to get used to his um used to his his patterns and yes i think that's probably part of what we're seeing with the bulls is that they are learning um some of the attack play we saw that we saw at the weekend was very different to the one we saw against the hurricanes where we had lots where we had the um the locks offloading or the type fives offloading down the channel a lot this time they were much they played much wider uh against the chiefs and it's interesting to see that they can play it does it does appear they can sort of play a couple of different styles but we're over a third of the way through the show already and we uh, haven't even got past the first game. So um, please strap yourselves in, folks. This one could be a longer show than normal. Um, moving on to the second uh, second game of the that, weekend. That's, un that's unusual. That's very unusual. <laughs> I do try. Okay. Um, uh, just as like I used to say, I said to the uh, Bl Bl Blood and Mud um, podcast, which is a, a good English podcast, um, they, I, I, they 
they aim for an hour and always hit about an hour and a half. And they said, oh, perhaps we should just not bother aiming for an hour. And I said, no, 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 guys, please try and aim for an hour. It keeps you under five hours. Um, so if you aim, <laughs> so it's always a good idea to, to, to try and uh, keep yourself under control. So um, we followed up that there was no Australian game on Friday night. So the next game was the Highlanders versus the Crusaders on, um, on, on Saturday night. Uh, two losses on the trots, trot now for the Crusaders. Uh, are they someone who's people who just don't like leaving home? Because uh, that, that's uh, no. It's I think it comes down to Richie Moanga being out. <laughs> Mitch Hunt isn't ready. You're quite right. I, I think I, I think I, I'd have to agree. I think think um, that Rich Richie Moanga uh, is, is a massive loss for them. Uh, uh, also, and we also had yeah. Whitelock out yeah. and Crossy out as well. Um, three very important players for this for the, for the Crusaders side. Um, and it doesn't matter how deep your squad is. If you're missing those players, plus you're missing the starting All Blacks props, uh, uh, plus you're missing Kieran Reid. Uh, yeah, it, it starts Kieran to add up. Reed, by the way. Uh, Kieran Reid is having shoulder surgery, I oh, believe. Okay. Um, back, so, back surgery, you're right. Yeah, back oh, surgery. Okay. Um, and also, uh, obviously, uh, Israel Dag as well is also missing. So yeah. you're missing um, half an All Blacks team, effectively. Yeah. Seven, yeah, seven All Blacks. <laughs> Six of them probably starters. I feel a little bad for Mitch Hunt, to be honest. I think he's just in over his head. Yeah, and I was a bit surprised that Marty McKenzie left. I always thought that this was that um, Marty McKenzie was going to get the opportunity there, but it, it, it didn't Well, never, he never played happened. for Taranaki um, last year, and the Taranaki coach is now the Chiefs coach, so I assume he got sort of first in, first served, and was like, come to the Chiefs. But I mean, he wasn't. I mean, Mitch Hunt wasn't even starting um, fly half for Taranaki because um, Perifetta yeah. was starting there, and, and Mitch Hunt was at, not, uh, at fifteen. So, um, yeah, not Mitch Hunt. Sorry, rewind. Marty McKenzie was at fifteen, and sorry, Perifetta was at uh, was was at ten. So uh, maybe uh, I'm just I'm just uh, over egging Marty McKenzie's skills um, on this. Um, That's okay. We're a pro McKenzie podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's now official. We are now a pro McKenzie <laughs> podcast. So, uh, so Marty, actually, yeah, we'll have Marty. We'll have you on first, and, and Damien. Hey, if we can fit you in, we'll fit you in later. Um, the, um, but yes, I thought that we that there was that they obviously missed him. I thought Mitch Drummond's box kicking was also very poor. Um, quite a few. They were either too short or too long. Mainly too too long. If you're going to play a kicking game against the Highlanders, you have to get it right because Naholo, Ben Smith. And amazingly enough, Tavita Lee in this game just will run it back at you, and it's going to be, um, pardon me, it's it's going it's going to cost you. Yeah, 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 it will, it will, it will. But I, I'm still going to do a little shout out to Crusaders because I thought, like in the first half, Highlanders really had their number. You know, it was like it was almost looking, oh, this is going to be a blowout eventually. But Crusaders, even with so many guys out, they just know how to negate other teams and like slowly, 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 like get the game into where we want. The problem this time is we are just too many points behind and playing a way too good team. But I think it's a massive strength what we've been doing with so many good players out and we still eventually can negate pretty much every team in Super Rugby, it seems. Yeah, but I think they've got to a level now where they've got some players who are good but have some serious weaknesses. So Matalele, um, again, uh, had some moments of magic this week um, that, uh, that, that scored a try, uh, but he also missed four tackles, which um, when you're coming off the bench and missing four tackles, you've not even been on for the whole game, then that's, that's, um, that's, that's really some kind of effort uh, at avoiding people 
Uh, what about the, the the best moment of that game where Mitch Hunt did his backwards oh, kick <laughs> in an indoor stadium? You can't even blame a breeze for that. That was all him. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Well, you see, uh, they, what they what they have actually uh, down there is they have a guy who stands by a door and whenever the opposition are about to kick, he opens the door and that causes a sudden gust of wind um, through the stadium. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's home advantage, they have, you see. Um, but uh, now, that was one of the most embarrassing kicks we've seen yeah, um, in a long time. If it, if it wasn't for the... I mean, that, 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 there's no excuse. He has as much time in the world as he likes to take a drop, a drop kick um, he, he takes these regularly, restarts, practices it. It's not like Chris Ashton. I don't know if you saw that one rec- um, about uh, about two months ago, where he's in his own in, he's in his own in goal area and manages to slice the kick so it lands also in his own in goal area um, and uh, and gives up a try uh, for too long. So at least then he's running with the ball and, and making a kick. Um, this this it's a restart. Everything's there for him to get it right. Uh, and how he missed it that that messed up that badly, um, I really don't know. Um, but I, for me, Chant, a little excuse. I mean, it, it was a shocker, but we have to remember he probably made the best kick in Super Rugby ever last yeah. season. So. Yeah, that was, yeah. I guess it was karma, wasn't it? <laughs> it was probably, he used all his luck for that kick and yeah. now he came back. <laughs> yeah. And what I did find surprising was actually that we would talk about the strength of the, the Crusaders pack often and how the Highlanders have got one of the weaker packs and they have to, and they were on their backs much more. But the Highlanders actually had a heavier pack than the Crusaders, which surprised me um, in that game, and uh, and they did they did well. Um, uh, one shout out again for a Crusaders player, though I think um, Cody Taylor uh, had a good game, and yeah. uh, for someone who, when he played in that Fiji or was it Samoa Test, um, there was lots of suggestions that he was going to be a one Test All Black. Uh, I think he's proved a lot of those doubters very much wrong uh, with his play. So yeah. Totally agree. And other thing about Highlanders too that's worth mentioning is uh, Liam Squire got injured in the first half, and Elliot Dixon came in and probably yeah, he was better incredible. than Squire. It was no not a loss at all. Yeah, I agree. He did really, really well. And uh, I, Dixon, sorry, I think Elliot Squire's only sort of not starting because he's coming back from injury. Otherwise, he would have been um, been starting as well. And Big Brother Dixon had a really good game from the bench too. So. There were two, two forwards from the Highlander bench that came on early and basically made the team stronger. So, yep. Um, and, and because we try, I, I try and name one stat per game. Um, I'm going to say a key stat in this one was turnovers conceded: 13 by the Highlanders and 19 by the Crusaders. 19 turnovers by the Crusaders. That's not the kind of play you normally expect from them. They're definitely out of sorts at the moment. So then we went over to the Brumbies versus the Sharks. I backed Brumbies by three, and they won 24-17 against um, the Sharks. And um, this was a, a bit of a traditional grind-out game. Basically, the Brumbies got into the lead and then just used scoreboard pressure to win the game. They didn't look uh, particularly strong for me, uh, and then neither did the, but neither did the, uh, the Sharks either. I agree. I mean, Sh- Sharks is pretty frustrating to watch because if you look through their team roster, they have some real talent there, but it doesn't seem that it comes together for them at all, at the moment at least. No, it doesn't. But I think both th- this this one was where the the defences got on top. Uh, it's one of the few games we've had in Super Rugby where both sides have averaged over eighty percent on their tackle count. Eighty-one um, percent for the Brumbies, eighty-six for the uh, um, for the Sharks. Uh, so. 
opportunities were few and far between in this game. Yeah, I think I think Brambit is also in right in the middle of changing their style because they have been very forward oriented the last two three seasons. But it's clear that they're trying to play some more attacking rugby. But obviously, it's not coming easy for them at all. But there were patterns in it. There were at least patterns in it. So it was a slight improvement for Brambit compared to, especially to the last two games we played, where they have been looked pretty dire actually. Yeah, they have been. And yes, I'm sorry, Andre, who is actually a Scott Sharks fan. He says, skip the Sharks game. Both teams are, were and are rubbish. Um, yeah, I, I, saw agree. So I, much, agree. I saw so much anti-Shark tweets on my timeline. I was like, what did they do so wrong? And no one could tell me they were just really mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say the, the, the tackle rate was high up there, but the Brumbies got four, seven clean line breaks to four. And that ended up being the difference in the game that uh, the Brumbies managed to get ahead. Kick, kick the kick the sticks, and that made the uh, and that meant the, the sharks had to chase the game, and the sharks just really didn't have to, just unfortunately are a sign out of form, and when you're trying to chase a game and you're out of form, then you it, it's it's just it's just you, you, it's like you're running in treacle, um, and unfortunately that's what it was for them. But they if they got the score and were were ahead, they had a chance, but they didn't. Um, and I say every time they they um, they penalised, they, they made. Uh, the, the kick breakdown. The Brumbies have a long-range kicker, uh, and he was slotting them over, and that just kept the scoreboard ticking over, and just kept their ne their necks in front. Then we go on to over to South Africa to a game where I think a lot of people, including myself, probably got over optimistic about the Blues. Um, I backed the Blues by three, and I was one of the uh, uh, one of the narrower margins of people. Um, the Stormers uh, won this one, thirty-seven uh, twenty, uh, in the end. Um, the uh, I, I was again uh, impressed by um, uh, Landis, Ladis, uh, who is the the fullback. Come, uh, uh, come Lades. Lades. Um, I was impressed how they switched him in in and out of that uh, out of that sort of first receiver receiver role, and really meant that the Blues had were well just couldn't cope with the 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 uh, with with the kick quick game plan. And with I mean, twenty four three down at half time, they really started slowly. It's never going to be. It's never going to be easy. <laughs> Do you think that the blue jerseys played any factor at all, oh. just to like give the blue That's... something? Do you think that was confusing for the players? I, we that How is one of keep happening. This is one of the. I mean, we have plenty of shirt clashes in Super Rugby. Uh, it has been appalling, um, but. The, yeah, the, the 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 Stormers and the Blues jerseys were just so similar, it made it difficult watching. Uh, I, I, yeah. somebody, somebody claimed that they reckoned there were about three or four infringements at mall yeah. time that no one saw because no one could figure out who the hell was who. Oops, sorry, on the swear words there. You're um, the one that says we can't swear. Exactly, I know. <laughs> I'm just, oh, I'm just angry. Um, this is something that it's, it's just so easy to fix. Um, yeah. And this is one of the topics we will be talking about tomorrow night on hash rugby chat is how to fix the jersey problems because it is appalling at the moment um but i, I get a bit like against the, the 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 lions last week the blues were slow starters uh allowed the opposition to get a lead um tried to come back but it was too little too late uh, and this time the um basically the, the the passing didn't stick whereas last week it did i don't think the blues played that differently to last week um i agree i agree with you paul I mean, very much because I mean, a lot of people were stoked about the Blues finally getting a good win away against the Lions. But I think you said on the last show too that there was a lot of hate 
Hail Mary rugby in the last 20 minutes and it all came through for them. And to expect that kind of style going to come through week on week, it is very risky. Yeah, I, some, some really poor play. Uh, we, 10 turnovers from, from the Stormers, 19 turnovers from the Blues. <laughs> if you're giving the ball up that often, you're not going to... Um, you're not going to to, to 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 get very far. And the Stormers had the the you know the travel back, even though it was a home game for them, they travelled back from New Zealand as well. Yeah, and this is something actually we talked about um, after the Waratahs Hurricanes. Um, Sorry, the Hurricanes say. also came from to, from tour back home and won and beat the Crusaders. Yeah. It seems like. The traveling factor, like, yeah. yeah, it is interesting. And the Warriors just came back from tour and beat the beat the Rebels as well. Um, so I say this is something we talked about after the, the Waratahs game was that the scheduling seems to be a bit of a joke, in that players aren't in the in that teams aren't um, getting a they they should get a, a week off after their longest um, trip home, but they're not getting that, uh, and so which which seems a joke. But somehow, um, the, the 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 traveling side seems to do better. Than the non-travelling side, which just seems crazy, but um, hey, not sure what's what's going on there. I, some stats. So I mentioned that the other one that, that, that caught my eye: defenders beaten 29-31, so fairly so fairly even, but clean breaks 20 to 11. So clearly, um, the Stormers just were better uh, at, at, at making those breaks and also making those breaks stick. Um, the Blues weren't. Uh, they really cannot afford to start this slowly um, going uh, going forwards. And they nearly uh, got lucky in this one because the Storms were all cramping up. And I thought they might have to sub, sub off their entire team um, because so many of them were just lying around on the floor half the time. Um, but, um, but yep, the, the, it just meant they were, they were trying too hard. I mean, Sonny Bill Williams tried too hard, gave up an intercept, um, interception try. Uh, Engel Brecht was a, was a player that uh, really stood out for me in this game. Uh, for the Stormers. Um, anyone for... Willem say, what do you think about him, the fly half in Stormers? Um, I think, yeah, a young kid who's done very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah uh, it looks promising. Yeah. It looks really promising, and I think it helps that they've got Lades who steps in and takes a lot of the pressure off him, so he's not having to do it all himself. He's got other guys there who can play with him. Uh, I was impressed by his play against the Highlanders. I mean, he didn't play against yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he had that night off and Lades played at, played at 10 against the Chiefs, I think it yeah. was. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I've been impressed by him otherwise. Um, so we had Lions versus the Sunwolves, perhaps the most surprising game of the weekend. I guess by 30, yeah. I backed the Lions really hard. <laughs> so embarrassing. Oh, I backed the Lions by 35. Um, so I went even bigger than that. Yeah, so we both idiots, I guess. <laughs> Uh, Herman, can you remember? I told your, you they were going to win this year. <laughs> I said that. Herman, can you remember what your what your uh, what your what your uh, margin? Uh, two, three points to Lions, something like that. No. <laughs> oh, oh, bang on. <laughs> Not really. Um, there were some really interesting stats from this one. Okay, so it, it Lions forty, uh, Sunwolves thirty-eight. So only two points. Um, so I'm not sure there's that much um, we can uh, uh, we can't go through all the scores um, and we're already pretty much nearly out of time so we've got more games to go but um, I, I, the important one to me was just they never let the game get out of get out of control they were always within two scores and I think that's what made the difference in this one is that they is they they uh, 
yeah, they kept scoring themselves, which kept them into the kept them in this game. Yeah, but I think like if I may, I just kind of go in like in defense mode of Sunwolves. Why I think some people are a bit premature of, of judging them out. First of all, they still only they had their preseason started about three or four weeks before the Super Rugby season. They didn't play any preseason games, so they're actually like two uh, two months behind all other teams. So what you you were actually seeing they're playing preseason yet, but I think it's pretty clear that they are improving. If you compare the results now, that they played the same team last time, they're improving all the time. And now we're two out of four games. They, I mean, looking back, the first game against Brumbies, they should probably have won it. They were they were the better side, and to push Lions this far, it's also very very impressive. Another thing I think a little bit underlooked is they, all the new players they brought in. There's a lot of quality there. As soon as Jamie Joseph gets gets I mean, he's obviously searching for his first uh, 15 also. They're doing massive changes in the, in the lineup every week. But as soon as we get that right and they get into the tournament, and I think we're going to see them. I predict they won one game the first season, two games the second season. So they're going to at least win three games this season. I think I think part of Jamie Jones' problem is injuries. I mean, it's like, like we've heard this for a lot of teams, but yeah, he's, he's down to only two recognized locks in the side, I think it is. Um, so he's yeah. Not only did he have to start late with the teams, um, but uh, but also the, uh, the the locks there. Um, so Floyd and Pink, thank you very much, sir, for the uh, for the super chat. Um, were the wolves good, or did the lions have a shocker? I think the lions. What appears to me, at least, is when Warren White they doesn't play for lions. They look so much. I mean, like not so structured, not so organized. He seems to be like a real glue player in the team. So I think he's, losing out him is, is massive for them. Um, I think actually this is down to the to the Sunwolves playing well. I mean, they made over 505 meters running um, compared to the uh, the Lions only 343. Um, they got themselves. They they uh, so so to me, I think they kept themselves in it rather than necessarily the 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 Lions playing badly. Now we still had the horrible charge down. Um, from the from from the Sunwolves, so they still were making their giving away their their obligatory one mistake try that we always seem to get. Yeah, yeah. We can call them out. I mean, the first one they 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 first game they passed the ball into the post and scored. The second game they passed straight over someone's head and gave up a, gave up a try. And today they decided at the beginning of the second half it was time to give up a try and allowed an easy charge down. Am from, I seeing the statistic right? What the Lions didn't have any offloads? Is that correct? Yep, I, was gonna, I was going to get on to, to, to <laughs> yes, playing, playing style. Um, so stats here, uh, 11 clean breaks from the Lions to um, six from the Sunwolves. So that shows you that they use a lot more continuity and you can see that in the way they played. So the Lions had zero offloads, whereas the Sunwolves had 11 um, offloads, which is, uh, I think that probably it gives you an, uh, perhaps some thought as to how the Lions um, are planning on playing. But I think one of the things that um, that came up was that uh, one of the things I, I remember from, from Ireland when Joe Smith first started there was like, look, no one is allowed to offload. Everyone has to be going in for a quick ruck ball. And we're going for a quick ruck ball instead of offloads. And he added offloads in about two or three seasons later. Um, and that was, that was the style there. So maybe... There's an element of the Lions players deliberately running lines that are for clearing out players rather than for offloads to get quick ruck ball um, and using that as a way to do it. 
I'm not sure that really worked for them because they conceded 18 turnovers to nine from the Sunwolves. I think Sunwolves uh, worked their 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 um their backsides off at the breakdown um, and did very well there. So uh, yeah, I think that was um, that was a big move. Both sides though seemed to forget what tackling was about. Um, how many how many missed tackles did the Sunwolves have in this one? Well, they both only only made 64% of their tackles. Um, so some walls had 30, what is that, 35 missed tackles. Um, and the Lions had 30, uh, 33 missed tackles. Oh, yeah. That's just crazy. <laughs> Not great. I think like in, from, after the first two games, Sun Wolves had the best tackling percentage in the whole competition. But also was the time when all their players got injured. So it was like, I guess in some times you should maybe not go full yeah. on in every tackle. <laughs> Save it to the <laughs> end of the season. Yeah. You look, look great on the stats, but they didn't miss any tackles. But the injury count was boom. <laughs> so from, from memory, the, 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 the Lions are going to go from this game, which they won by two points against the Sun Wolves. Next week, I think they fly over and play the Haguaris from memory. Um, yep. So, uh, Brett's asking, offloading in the tackle, what does that stop refer to? Well, it means offload, passing when you've been tackled. Offloading. Yeah. Um, the, uh, which shows that the Lions pass the ball before they get tackled rather than after they after contact. The, um, which is something we've said about the Bulls as well. The Bulls' style is to pass, is to, is to draw the player and pass um, rather than waiting for the tackle and getting your hands free. Haguaris Reds, uh, sorry. Yeah, well, oh, sorry, sorry. Is it the, the Sunwolves playing against Sheeps this coming weekend? Yeah, correct. In Japan. Yeah, in Japan. Oh, this could be I the think, one. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you have to say that? <laughs> I'm oh, honestly. Actually, why not? Because we can't afford any more injuries, so maybe we'll let them have it. <laughs> yes, yeah, send the junior stuff and take a loss. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, then we've got we actually year, got the yeah. Oops, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no, no. Last year you played the Sun at home. You only won with twenty-seven twenty. Yeah, interesting. You know, yeah, but, uh, you know, we well, got to the semi-finals, so it kind of been there. <laughs> well, but Sun beat the Blues. Yeah, and then the Blues <laughs> beat the Lions, and then the Lions beat the All Blacks. So maybe right. the Sun Wolves are actually so, the greatest team in the world. Okay. The, the 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 blues were on holiday by the time okay. um, they played that game. That really was not a, a a decent game. But so, but my point was going to be, the the Lions have just beaten the Sunwolves by just two points. They're off over to Argentina. They've lost their last two games in Argentina. So uh, could this be a run of two losses against the two worst teams in Super Rugby, uh, or, uh, or 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 can the Lions turn it round? That is something we will talk and go into in-depth analysis of on Thursday night um, when we preview the uh, the uh, the series. But the Hagaris this weekend didn't do too great against the Reds. They lost um, seven eighteen against the Reds. That's three wins on the trot for the Reds. Are they are they perhaps the real deal? Can can are they much better than we think? No. <laughs> <laughs> is that no, no or you don't know? No, no they're not. No, it's a no. <laughs> I mean, as far as Australian team go, I guess they're all right, but who have they been up here? They... from you. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, this, to me, this was a, a 7-18, clearly there weren't many scores in this game. This was a, a big defensive effort. Um, another game where where the tackling hit the, high, hit the 80s, so 83% by the 
um, Aguares and uh, 86% by the by the Reds. The Reds got through a, a massive 188 tackles in this game. That's uh, there was yeah. Um, that's 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 a hundred more tackles um, than the Lions had to make um, against the Sunwolves, and that's uh, that's 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 quite a that's a lot of work to go through. I think it's time to do like the little shout out for Brad for now. I mean, after oh, the yeah. first game against the Rebels, everyone was like, "Oh, this is I mean, this is going to go terribly, terribly wrong." And now we have three wins on the trot, and all three wins like gritty, gritty forward pack wins. You know, I'm heating up in the coach box. As you say, gritty, gritty forward pack wins. Um, I guess it's that's the easier part to get right, isn't it? Um, the uh, I mean. There is. There was only really one person I was going to call out from this game, which was Timu, uh, the number eight for the Reds, who got through 18 tackles, um, which was a high for his team. He also got through 12 carries, which was a high for the team. 62 meters, a high for the team, and uh, had two clean breaks, which was again was another high for the Reds team. So he basically he, this was a one man one man show from from Timu uh, in this game. The, uh, well. but, so, so, yeah, so. <laughs> not the one match, but just keeping praise over the forward pack. Even no, 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 it was a one man show. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no, to be fair to the forward pack, they, they did outscrumbish the, the Haguaris quite comprehensively. So, yes, the, they are the Reds really have got their forwards going well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if you're building a new team and a new culture, you, you always want to start to get the defense and the forward pack right. Because if you get that right, it's going to be so much more easy to build build structures for the attacking and for the backs later on. It is, and I guess, yeah, it's much easier for for the for the halfbacks if they can get front football from their forwards clearly. But uh, the Haguaris in this game, twenty seven turnovers complete conceded. <laughs> they had the opportunities to win this game, and they just really were not looking after the pill. Um, the Reds gave it up fifteen times. But um, yeah, that was just that was just crazy. Anyway, yeah. we're over time. Uh, one more game to go. Waratahs versus Rebels. Again, I think this was a game that um, a lot of us got wrong. I went Wolves by three, um, and I've gotten realised I've not written down the score on my notes. But the end 51. score was fifty-one twenty-seven yeah, to the Tars. Um, and at half time, the, the 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 Rebels were winning ten twenty. Um, Game of two halves. <laughs> it was a They're game of four halves. You've talked that the Chiefs got at halftime, clearly. <laughs> yeah, uh, Herman's going to stolen one of our one of one of the quotes from the uh, um, the, the post game reaction that we did uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, it was a game of four halves. The temperature in uh, yeah, crazy in Sydney was crazy. It was it 37, 38 degrees. Thirty-seven. Yeah. So they ended up having uh, twenty. Uh, basically, they played four quarters of twenty minutes with water break after 20 minutes um so that was uh so that was nuts um the um and uh see floyd great thanks for joining in uh the um but yeah so th this this game was all about that second half performance by the tars they had 67 percent of possession 71 percent of territory the rebels just couldn't hold on to the ball yeah yeah but i think um one of the big Changes with the uh, Waratahs did that has been fans and some pundits been shouting out for years. Did you see Israel Falau played on the wing? Yep, Israel Falau played on the wing. And they, they, 
and they couldn't have they didn't know how to handle him yet. no he was destroying them well he wasn't in the first half in the first half he was pretty anonymous uh well, really did. or or we had some very typical play by the by, by the tars in that first half which was Falau would not pass the ball to anybody apart from Hooper or Beal or, or Foley. If he saw it with somebody else, he would just hold on to the ball and get tackled. Um, he just doesn't trust anyone else on the pitch, which is really a sad thing to see. Um, you think he doesn't trust them, or do you think that he over-trusts himself, rates himself? That he oh, I think he over, I think he rates himself. Uh, well, rates those four players ahead of everyone else. Um, I don't think he trusts anyone else on the pitch apart from those three. Um, is, is 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 my opinion of um um of it uh, and what we saw was that he actually passed to someone else once the uh once the tars i think it was um i think there was some like 34 points or 14 points in the lead and then you saw the first time him actually uh pass the ball to somebody else and they scored a try straight from it so Damn, you hard on Israel for now he's having an awesome game but <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, he had a, he had a, he had an awesome game. Um, but what we saw was in that second half, Foley and Beal just put high balls up onto the right wing where he was, and as you're right, the he, he won the aerial battle, and by doing so, he won the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they couldn't live with him. Like really, it was a, if I may, like a, it's an Australian rugby site I follow a little bit called The Roar, and one of their like most famous columnists there had like before the game he was like killing Daryl Gibson. How can you move the best fullback in the world to the wing? You know, this is the most stupid move ever, ever, ever. Like, really? <laughs> and today he wrote a new, a new column. It doesn't really address this, but all the ones who come <laughs> are very, very much reminding him. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's... For the, 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 the Rebels lost the aerial battle. I mean, um, the Tars kicked the ball from hand 32 times. Um, which meant they became very one-dimensional, but it was a one-dimensional play, um, port ploy that worked. Um, yeah. the, uh, um, the the rebels in that first half went really well, and they both both sides made about 550, 560 meters with ball in hand. Um, but the rebels did that with 82 runs, whereas the Warriors took 134 runs um, to make the same number of yards. They so they weren't. Uh, so it was all that kicking that basically won the game. Uh, and if you've already got yourself up to the 22 by kicking it there, you're not going to run as far, um, basically. So they didn't need to run as far. But um, yeah, Flower got through a lot of running, chasing the ball, uh, and did very, and that was basically what won, what won the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, because all the other stats are pretty even. 23 to 22 clean breaks. Um, both sides, again, decided that tackling, tackling was optional. Um, 67% for the uh, Waratahs and 71% uh, for the Rebels. So, um, yeah, no tackling uh, was allowed. Don't want to injure players. But, um, yeah, it was, I say, yeah, this, this, this again was one in the air rather than um, on the ground. But it's kind of surprising that neither Waratahs or the Wallabies has, hasn't been using this weapon more. I mean, he gets, they kick very, very few balls to Israel for that. I, I have a funny feeling after seeing this game yeah. that we're going no, to no, see no, an no, awful no, lot I mean, more of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who are typically like their wingers for the Wallabies? Sorry. Who are typically the wingers for the Wallabies? Uh, it's uh, now it's pretty a lot of company. Corabete is probably he, he came in pretty last last season, but yeah. I'm pretty sure he's the first choice. Okay. So Corabete and then normally Dane Hellopetti 
on the other wing, who is normally a fullback. So you could very easily switch Damien Hill and Petty yeah. and flower around uh, and then play this tactic for the Wallabies, um, basically. And that's what they should do if Damien Hill and Petty can get over his concussion issues because he, he looked in a bad way um, this weekend. I've never seen a player, uh, well, uh, I can't remember seeing a player who's, be, who's had a head knock and is then convulsing on the ground. It was very sad to see. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the idea that he was ever going to come back from that head at HIA was farcical. Um, so, thankfully, he did stay off. Mm. Um, cool. Uh, any, any final points about the weekend that you want to have a chat about? One thing, if I may. <laughs> have course. you... Uh, it was... Uh, I, I don't know exactly what happened. I rewatched it. Have you heard about the game that Spain missed out on the World Cup and how it happened? Game, but go ahead. So Spain, Spain only had to beat uh, Belgium away, which is like the, by far the worst team in their qualifying group. The only team they could actually pass Spain and take their place in uh, in the World Cup is Romania. But Romania played against away against Georgia, so everyone knew we were going to lose that one. But the problem was it was a Romanian. Uh, Head referee, all three referees were from Romania in the Belgium Spain mm -hmm. game. And the, <laughs> the penalty count. I see where you're going. Belgium won this game. The penalty count was 28 8 in Belgium's favor. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I, I've seen a few comments, especially from the Scottish Canon um, around this, uh, who, who's been on the show before. Uh, and uh, yeah, I didn't see the game, but uh, as you say, the head of European rugby is from Romania. The... Yeah, and they asked him to change the, the referee a month ago. Spain mm. asked him, please change the referee for this game. But he, the, pre the Romanian president said, no, 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 we keep it like this. So, um, so that is, uh, yeah, I, I, at the very least, um, it, has a, it, it, it looks very bad. Okay. Um, yeah. the, the refereeing was apparently poor um, and the and, and Spain got the rough end of it. Now, can we say it was deliberately poor their way or against them? Yeah, we don't. I don't know. I, I haven't seen the game, so I def so I definitely can't comment on that piece. But probably, but yeah, it, it clearly is a very bad look. Uh, World Rugby needs to look into this because, yeah, uh, they will. What, they will. I I saw a tweet from uh, Augustin Pirochet, the the Argentinian vice president. Yep. Uh, he said on Twitter that he ah, yes, I just came back from uh, from Europe, like one of the plane on the airplane, and I got two hundred messages about this game. I will watch it and come back to you. So, <laughs> um, but, so but could but could help Spain though. We should not go too deep in it because there is a pretty strong interest from the World Rugby and also probably long term from the Six Nations to get Spain up and running on a higher level. Because obviously there are financial benefits of having Spain as a tier one nation, which you don't will have with Romania. Well, uh, yeah, I, I've seen there's much more interest in Germany than Spain, and let's be honest, Germany's, yeah. the, the, the the German economy is is much stronger than the Spanish one. Um, I mean, the Spanish one has got plenty of, of half built airports around the country um, after the, uh, the, the the euro collapse um, some years ago. So, uh, I mean, Spain are doing very well. Uh, their women made the uh, Women's Rugby World Cup uh, and are probably stronger than two or three of the teams in the Six Nations. Unfortunately, the Six Nations Women's Cup tournament um, mirrors the men's, and it's not the it's not the necessarily the the, the strongest six six um, women's teams in Europe. It's just the same men same teams as the men. 
which is which I don't think is, is the right way to go about it. Uh, and yeah, how can the Spanish women expect be expected to grow? They also made the Spanish women also and the Spanish men both made uh, the Rio Olympics in the sevens as well. So rugby in Spain is definitely on the up, which is great to see. Um, but there is question mark questions as to, as to where do they grow to, which I guess is the same question we have for Georgia, the same question we have for Romania. Um, and we might be asking the same question of Germany in a couple of years' time as well. But yeah, that's where do they grow to is the question. Um, but that's for another show almost. Huh? <laughs> that is for another show. Um, Jess, any final points? I'm good. You're good? Um, I do have one final one that we we'll might bring up at, uh, in the rugby chat but, or, or somewhere else. But to me, one of the things I saw during or that, that caught me, that I spotted during the the rebel, the sorry, the, the lions versus the Sunwolves game, but probably has been going on for a while now. Was uh, at uh, after there was been a try, you have someone, you have a play, you have someone there with water bottles for the players. Um, but this time, what was very noticeable was they huddled around the guy, and he was basically lecturing them as as a coach uh, halfway through the game. Uh, and I'm not sure that I want to. I, I, we've already seen that teams. Change their tactics. Seem to be able to change tactics at half time, but not during the, but not during the half, which shows a lack of leadership on the pitch. Um, to now have coaches going out after a try has been scored and being able to coach the players, um, I find is something like, is a direction that I don't want the game to go in personally. Um, so that was just one thing that I spotted there. But this I've seen this many times, especially more like when, uh, like if a captain or the vice captain is uh, not playing, it's very very common you see them act as water boys. And they obviously got a head earphone from the head coach, you know, to like just get out there and give a message. Well, one of the funniest things that Dan Carter, I remember Dan Carter saying, was that Rich McCaw was one of the worst uh, tea boys um, around carrying out the kicking tea. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Rich McCaw, he's like, tell me a quick joke, relax me. And Rich McCaw's like, what? He's <laughs> like, yes, yeah, 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 you're, uh, yeah. So apparently, yeah, Rich McCaw is one of the worst guys to have carrying the kicking tea um, out there for you. Uh, so. Whilst Richie has got many strengths, carrying a tea and cracking a joke apparently is not one of them. <laughs> cool. Anyway, thank you, everybody. Uh, it, it's, it's, been a, it's been a fantastic show. Um, sorry that we've overrun, uh, and uh, hopefully you have a long enough commute to listen to the podcast. Um, but Jess, why do you let people know where they can uh, chat all things rugby with you during the week? I am on Twitter at JAM8391. My name is Humble Kiwi Jess on there. Cool. Uh, and um, and obviously, uh, thank you, Herman, for joining us, but you are the social media ghost um, and no one yeah. can find you on there. So no Twitter account, um, barely registers on Facebook. It's, 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 uh, I, I, I can hardly see him. He's such a ghost um, in, in, yeah. in the virtual world. Um, so thank you, everybody. Uh, I've been Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, and I will actually be Paul for the rest of the night as well and tomorrow. Um, the, you can find me at Driving Mall on Twitter. Always up for good old Rebby Chat. You can put chat, chat points, comments down below. Uh, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. Face there if you're watching the recording, or obviously the red button down below. Uh, box there gives the latest video. Obviously, uh, subscribe on the good old uh, podcasting app, five-star reviews, and all of that kind of lovely stuff, um, because there are other stars, but why would you want to? And enjoy whatever rugby you're watching.